This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at EnergeticCity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Welcome to Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Uh, we're going to talk with Richard Bell in just a few minutes. He is the curator of Peace Gallery North. Uh, we are planning to speak with Dan Davies, but it looks like something has happened to him, unfortunately. So uh, I think what we'll do is uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break here already just to find out what happened, and uh, we'll regroup after this. Uh, unless uh, Mr. Bell happens to be ready for us, uh, if, if possible. It looks like he may be. So I, it, here's what we'll do. We'll actually start the show uh, with Richard Bell, the curator of Peace Gallery North. They've got this great little uh, exhibition going on called Plagued and this new paint wall uh, that we want to talk about. So Richard, <laughs> we're really flying at the seat of our pants here. How's it going today, sir? Oh, we'll have to turn on Richard's audio there if you could. Uh, oh. uh, there he is. There you are, Richard. How are you going? How's there. it going? Welcome yeah. to Moose Talks. Thanks. Yeah, it's going pretty good. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk a bit about uh, what you've got going on at the uh, gallery. Let's start with this great little, uh, I think you described it as kind of a graffiti show called Plague. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So uh, an artist came to me recently uh, with some posters they had done in their downtime, just kind of out of their own frustration with the current state of vaccination rates and stuff like that uh, in the region and asked if I'd put some up and I thought you know that was something fun something different something a little bit more silly and graphic design oriented for us and we kind of ran with it um, because her initial inspiration was actually some graffiti she had found on uh, uh, elementary school which kind of inspired it and kind of made her feel that kind of frustration. Um, so we thought, why don't we go with the graffiti theme? So we basically spray painted the entire section of the gallery like it's uh, an alleyway or like, you know, <laughs> where you'd line up for a concert in a, in a city. So it's, it's a lot different looking uh, than, than the usual Peace Gallery North uh, you, might, you might get used to. So <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, it's, it sounds really interesting, and I think what, what's sort of also interesting about it is um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Anonymous is is sort of the artist behind that. Now, I want to ask you a bit about what, what that could mean. Does that mean there's lots of artists, or is it just one artist who uh, wanted to remain anonymous? Uh, in this case, it's just one artist that wanted to remain anonymous. Um, just, you know, because of the, of the the tensions around everything right now, and just for, I guess, not not necessarily safety, but just avoiding any extra family drama that isn't really necessary Uh, you know we just wanted it to be light and fun and i'm more than happy to be the face of it (laughs) for the time being and um when it came to spray painting though i definitely got my hands in there because i wasn't going to turn down an opportunity to (laughs) vandalize the gallery walls wonderful now related to this i think anyway you've also put up this little paint wall project uh which is very interesting uh why don't you tell us a bit about that and kind of where that idea came from 
Yeah, actually, so while we were putting up the plagued show, we were having a little too much fun spray painting all over the walls, and we knew we didn't have enough to fill uh, the entire space. So I thought about just maybe leaving that blank and giving other people the chance to come in and give it a try. I mean, painting on the walls is very different from anything else, um, especially spray painting on the walls. So I'd like to even let people know, like, if they want to come and try some graffiti and spray painting, um, I'm making myself available outside of gallery regular hours if they want to book some time so we don't gas everyone out of here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just giving people a place to, to try spray painting, try graffiti, or if they want to doodle or just write messages or, you know, go wild. Do, do the things on the walls that you weren't allowed to do as a kid, you know? Now, is there any kind of, are, are you putting kind of any restrictions on it? Because, of course, when you think of graffiti out in the, uh, kind mm. of the, out in the world, you know, you think of, yeah. you know, crass language or, or images like that. You kind of, you want it to kind of stay relatively clean, I suppose, eh? Yeah, yeah. So, like, nothing, nothing offensive, nothing kind of, uh, you know, derogatory or anything like that. Um, more just a space to explore creativity and technique. Um, opinion and kind of ideas are fine. But, yeah, like, it, as long as it's not, you know, harmful to anyone else or might make anyone else feel kind of put down or anything like that, then I'm, I'm pretty open to it. So right now we've got a lot of just little messages and doodles and rainbows and stuff. It's been pretty positive so far. I think people are looking for a positive outlet for their energy right now. So absolutely. Do you think something like this, um, if there was more of this available, like a paint wall or, or mm -hmm. maybe, uh, you know, if I could really reach the city was to put up a, a place that was for this, uh, do you think it would something like this, an outlook like this, maybe help discourage graffiti just happening just anywhere oh. and in places where you don't want to see it? Absolutely. I think something I've kind of um, found over the years is despite uh, how much graffiti artists like um, vandalizing things, there's a very interesting kind of code of ethics among graffiti artists, even, you know, your fresh into it teenagers that you generally don't go over anyone else's work so things spaces like this and murals and things like that tend to get defaced way less than blank surfaces um so i think it'd be wonderful like if the city kind of almost embraced the uh the mentality that people want to paint on walls and stuff like that and gave people spaces and hopefully here like i'd like to do this again indoors as well but um perhaps even you know the the bank blank wall on the back of the cultural center here maybe one day we'll get people out and painting or if anyone else in the city wants to uh engage the art community and have a wall get painted like come talk to me i'd love to to help facilitate that i think it's so much fun all right that leads in my next question then so this paint wall uh, kind of has an end date on it right now it's only up for a bit i guess yeah. Yeah, so this one runs until October 30th, at which point it will all get painted over for the next show. Mm -hmm. um, the show following is uh, another community living group project. And then after that, um, I'm thinking I might actually do the entire space as a, kind of a paint surface for everyone kind of leading into the holidays. All right. Well, that sounds wonderful, Richard. So quickly again, for people listening uh, to see the plague show, uh, to come by to maybe uh, put their mark on the paint wall. Uh, what can people do? Uh, do they have to sign up? How much does it cost? That whole bit. 
Uh, no cost whatsoever. Come down anytime when we're open. So that's Tuesday through Saturday, 11 to 5. If you want to spray paint, I'd say email me or come down and chat with me first, and then we'll book a time. But as far as paint, chalk, markers, just come on in, and I've got the stuff ready to go. Um, so, And the paint wall and plagued are both going until October 30th. And right now, too, I'm putting up a new show from or, uh, Orion Carlisle called Urban Landscapes, oh. which is actually coincidentally photography of different street art from around Europe so it kind of was coincidence that it kind of lined up like this so you'll get lots of different kind of local stuff going on and then see some kind of European street art as well in the next month here. Excellent well I appreciate you taking a few minutes to chat with us about this uh, Richard Uh, thanks for being on Moose Talks. Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Make sure you check out the Peace Gallery North and uh, their uh, uh, exhibitions going on right now. That was Richard Bell, the curator of Peace Gallery North. Uh, We'll be right back with more on Moose Talks right after this. Date night is important. It's a time to connect, a time to disengage from work, your phone, and spend time with the one you love most. Now that more businesses and restaurants are open, you have the chance to paint the town red with your favorite person. All you need to do is tell us why you deserve a night out. The more detail, the better. Then you'll be entered to win a $400 date night package courtesy of the Hairbin, Olio's Pizza, Carter's Jewelers, and Precision Customs. Winners are announced at the end of every month. Go to moosefm.ca slash contest for your chance to win. For family time, for exercise, for fun. There are plenty of reasons why people love the North Peace Leisure Pool, and they have a variety of programs and activities happening all year long. Swimming lessons, free swims, family swims, classes, special events. There's always plenty of activities for the whole family to enjoy. So what do you love most about the North Peace Leisure Pool? For the full schedule of programs and activities happening at the pool, visit the city's website at fortstjohn.ca. There's always something going on in the Energetic City, and the staff from the City of Fort St. John Recreation Department have planned a variety of exciting programs and events. Here's what's coming up. Go by Bike Week returns to Fort St. John September 27th to October 10th. Post a photo of you riding to work or school on the City of Fort St. John Recreation Facebook page or by email to win a prize pack. For more information on this event, view the Recreation and Leisure Guide at fortstjohn.ca or follow the City of Fort St. John Recreation on Facebook. There is some amazing local food grown and made right here in the North Peace. Join us and the Fort St. John Co-op every Wednesday as we highlight those great energetic eats. We'll showcase the local people and companies that make great local food right here in our community. Watch for the live video on our Facebook page or listen to Moose FM every Wednesday. Energetic Eats is brought to you by the Fort St. John Co-op. You're at home here and Moose FM. M&M Food Market is working with a skeleton crew. I don't mean real live skeletons or anything because, you know, skeletons aren't technically alive, right? (laughs) Anyway, what I'm trying to say is M&M Food Market is short-staffed and have adjusted their hours to Monday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., closed Sundays. But since they're short-staffed, they are now hiring. If you'd like to join their crew, apply in person today. M&M Food Market at the north end of the Totem Mall. Order online at mmfoodmarket.com. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca.
Welcome back to Moose Talks. Now, because we've got the technical difficulties worked out, to chat all about the government's plan to get people vaccinated in the north and more. We're joined now by Peace River North MLA, Dan Davies. Dan, welcome back to Moose Talks. Good, good morning, Dub. I'm, I'm hoping my internet isn't freezing. Okay, well, your face is frozen at the moment, but we can hear you, so that's something. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, there you I'm, go. Now I'm you're moving around. Going on, but I'm, I'm, I'm having bad service here, so, um, yeah. Uh, you, I, I, can you still hear me? You're frozen on my screen. All right. Well, I think what we'll do here, uh, Trey, sorry, we're having trouble with, we're having lots of trouble with Dan here. So what we're going to do is we're going to take another quick commercial break here. We're definitely going to have our interview with him, uh, but we'll get him on the phone. So we'll be right back, I promise, with Dan Davies right after this on Moose Talks. Loading, mowing, digging. The Kubota BX Series is Canada's choice when it comes to compact tractors. Get the versatility you need in the BX1880 from just $165 per month for 72 months. See your Kubota dealer for details. Parks, culture, news, business, community. The City of Fort St. John strives to keep you informed about everything going on in the energetic city all year round. Whether it's upcoming community events, construction reminders, project planning, yard waste and recycling, or important info for property owners, the City of Fort St. John will make sure residents are always in the know. To stay up to date, visit fortstjohn.ca. The City of Fort St. John, where nature lives, families flourish, and businesses prosper. Savers know it's about getting the quality you deserve without paying more than you should. That's why savers love shopping at Save On Foods. Save On, savers. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit pris.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. All right. We're having lots of fun with Dan this morning. Uh, We do have him on the phone now, though, so we'll go to him now. Dan, we've got you on the phone. My goodness, I'll tell you. You would, you would think after 20 months we'd have this uh, technology thing figured out, wouldn't you? <laughs> That's okay. It's uh, the first time this has really happened, so we'll, we'll take that as a blessing. Uh, let's get sure. right into it, shall we? Uh, we've seen yeah. vaccination rates going up slightly in the Northeast since the announcement of the vaccine passport, which is good news. But we still lag behind the rest of the province in some places significantly. Um, I want to get your take, first of all, on kind of the government strategy to get people in the peace to get their vaccines, which it sounds like you had some input in. Well, like I say, um, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful uh, that the numbers are going up. Uh, we're, I think we're right around 70% now in Port St. John, uh, a little lower in the outlying areas and such. Uh, the numbers are going in the in the right direction. Uh, you know, we've had lots of discussions uh, with Minister Dix over the past number of number of months now, and certainly a little more, uh, a few more later, or lately, uh, around making it available. And that was one thing that we did hear from folks that uh, uh, you know the the hours around some of the uh, 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 clinic sites, the uh, not enough drive through opportunities, because you know we, we do have a younger population here. And, and folks that are working, you know, till seven, eight o'clock at night. 
So when you're running a clinic that uh, that closes at, at five and, and sporadic on, on the drive-through, uh, we, we need to make sure that this is available and, and people can have access to it. So uh, that was that was one of the uh, you know one of the big conversation points that I had with the minister. It was just it was just the access. So making it so that people it's it's available at times when people can actually go there and get their shot. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And like I say, we've had and you know interestingly enough, we've actually had people uh, reach out to our office here in Fort St. John and I. And again, I mean, for sure, if you have questions or or want to know where and when or how, uh, please do reach out. Uh, but we have had people here just this past week um, saying, "Okay, well, how do I get my vaccine? Where do I go?" So obviously, we're still missing. You know, or, or government is still missing. Uh, reaching out and getting, uh, you know, connecting with people. So there, because there are still people calling my office, and that's fine. Uh, you know, it, it is. We are always there to uh, to assist where needed. Now, I have to ask about vaccine hesitancy because the, again, there seems to be lots of that up here. There's been protests about the vaccine mandates. There's been protests about the vaccine uh, in general at times. Uh, was that mm-hmm. something you discussed with the minister at all about how you deal with that and and whether? Um, that's something you can deal with. It's about convincing people that seem like they can't be convinced in some cases. Yeah, well, you know, with, without a doubt, there is hesitancy, Dub. Um, and, and I did speak to, well, I've, I've spoken lots on this as well as to the minister. I've talked to Northern Health. I've talked to others. Um, in, in the last 20 months, you know, let, let, let's be honest, there, there's been so much information. Mm-hmm. People are an information overload, and information out there, whether it's on social media, uh, which which obviously has played a significant role, I think, in vaccine hesitancy, uh, mainstream media, and it's not via the mainstream media's fault. It's the, the the simple fact that one day, you know, the ministry, the public health officer here in BC says such and such a thing. The next day, you know, the federal uh, health officer said, no, that's that's not the, what we're doing. We're doing this. And then you hear Alberta does something different. And then something comes out of another area or the WHO. What, it's just constantly changing. The information is changing. Uh, there, there seems to be a lack of or there seems to have been a, a lack of transparency. Now, I get this. This is new. Things do change. But it, it feeds into that whole hesitancy. And and. You know, a lot of these people that, uh, you know, that, that are unsure about receiving the, the, uh, one of the vaccines for COVID-19, these are not anti-vaxxers. You know, these are people that uh, are vaccinated for, for the other common things. They have their families vaccinated. But there's so much information and misinformation out there, they're not sure. And, and that is where I think we need to start ramping up this education piece, uh, cutting through all of that, uh, you know, misinformation that is out there. And, and I still get stuff sent to me well, on a daily basis, um, which is false information. Uh, in, in fact, uh, just, you know, just a couple of days ago, there was a letter supposedly uh, sent out from my office mm-hmm. that was full of misinformation around the vaccines. And, uh, you know, this, this, all this does is fuels that hesitancy fire, fuels that misinformation that is out there. And, and, and we, need to, we, we need to start looking at uh, the science around it and, and listening to your Talk to your family doctor. You know, we, we trust our family doctors for everything else. Uh, why is this any different? All right. We're going to talk about the letter a little bit more in just a second, but I also want to get your take on this. 
while we're trying to get more people vaccinated in the Northeast, we have this other problem of the chronic nursing shortage, which was a problem before COVID. Uh, it was a problem, you know, it's, it's, it's been a problem in the Northeast for quite some time. Um, what were, what was kind of the discussion about that you had with the minister? Did that, did you guys talk about dealing with that problem as well and, and how to best move forward and what the government's plan is, you know, in the short and long term to deal with the problem? Absolutely. That, in fact, that was probably the biggest piece of our discussion that we recently had. Is, uh, and and I've used this uh, term before. You know, our healthcare system here in the north is on life support system. Mm-hmm. You know, it's on life support right now. We are at a critical level of, of low level of staffing. Uh, we're short nurses. We're short healthcare professionals. And you're you're right, Dub. This is not a new issue, but I will tell you, COVID has really highlighted how bad it has gotten. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of COVID patients right now. Uh, I have, in fact, I just had a conversation with, uh, you know, with, with some of the doctors here this week. Uh, it's bad. And when, when you, you have everything else that's happening anyways, uh, and then you add the significant increase of, of patients that are dealing with COVID. In fact, I just had a, a, a friend of mine was uh, uh, flown out to, I, I want to say, Victoria, uh, just recently uh, because of COVID, you know, these things add on to the the inability to deliver the health care needs that, that we all need. Uh, you know, you probably know people, I'm sure people in your listening audience are, are already hearing about uh, uh, delayed surgeries. People that need hip replacements or, or knee replacements have been pushed, you know, pushed out uh, till, till unknown. And, and all of this is, you know, A, COVID has obviously impacted it, but it comes down to, you know, uh, in, in, in large parts, a shortage of staff. And this isn't a new issue. This isn't an issue only, you know, here in Fort St. John. Uh, this is a provincial issue, and we need to be tackling it not tomorrow. We need to be tackling it today, especially for up here. Uh, you know, whether that's looking at agency nurses and, and, and getting the funds loosened up. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate it. And I told the minister, you know, we're, we're happy to see six and a half million dollars to help us here in the north with uh, with some of these issues. But, you know, you can throw money at a problem if, if there's no resources available. That is where we need to figure out how we're going to how we're going to move forward. And I'm very happy that we have the nursing program that's kicked off uh, here in Fort St. John. But that's two years down the road mm-hmm. uh, before before those first batch of nurses are coming out. And the other piece of that is, you know, it, it's not just uh, uh, recruiting nurses and, and health professionals. We need to keep them here. We need to retain them. And that's one of the reasons why we've been asking, uh, and, I, and I know the mayor as well and other mayors in the communities, are asking for an independent audit of not only the hospitals but Northern Health. We need to find out why we're hemorrhaging staff and uh, why we can't keep staff. What are some best practices that we need to be employing here uh, in, in the region? All right, Dan. Um, one final question about this um, I want to ask you. Uh, last week when we did have Adrian Dix on the show, um, he kept going back to sort of this tact where he'd say, uh, the people, uh, essentially the people who are unvaccinated in your lives are saying to you that they don't care about you and your health, uh, which came across to me as a, sort of a heavy-handed way of putting it. What do you think of that tact? And and do you think maybe it's, it, it's, it seems different than when it was like we were a lot more like, let's get everyone vaccinated. We're all like in this together. This seems to be drawing a bit of a line here now. 
Do you think that's the appropriate way forward to sort of almost villainize people who are hesitant about getting getting vaccines? Yeah, and, and uh, I, I did. I, I was. Uh, I, I did get a chance to listen to him, and, and I know he he did say that a few times. And I I don't necessarily think that people are out there, you know. Hey, I'm not going to get my vaccine because I want to hurt others, and that's kind of what did come across. And um, I, I I don't necessarily agree with that. We just need to be making sure, and and this goes back to what I said a moment ago. We need to get the facts out there Mm -hmm. we need to be making sure that people understand that these vaccines are safe uh you know we've been vaccinating people for (laughs) for for a long time and people don't understand i think generally there and again there's a lot of misinformation out there i I encourage people to go to uh, valid sources to look up you know all their questions around uh i'm was talking uh, recently to Minister Dix about hosting a town hall. I know some communities have hosted a town hall where people can call in and ask questions mm-hmm. uh, around this. And, and I think that is the approach that we need to be taking. Um, you know, it, it, it's not, sh- you know, <laughs> shaming maybe isn't the right word, but that's not the angle that, that I want to take. We need to be making sure people understand the vaccines are safe. The vaccines are the best way that we can move out of this and get back to some sort of normalcy soon. Um, We've seen it, Doug. The hospitals, the people that are in hospital right now that are jamming up our ICUs, and they are full. I mean, we're up to 150 people in ICUs. There's not that, and people think, well, geez, we have hospitals all over the province. There's not that many ICU beds in the province. Mm -hmm. So when they're all being jammed up and you can... Uh, pinpoint it directly to between 80 and 90 percent of those people are not vaccinated that's a problem and and it's unavoidable it is completely unavoidable so so we need to be i think hitting people with facts hitting people you know let's have a conversation let's have a conversation about these and uh, I, 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 like I say, I, I, I understand obviously where the minister is coming from. He wants to see everybody vaccinated, but I, I don't necessarily agree with his his point of saying, you know, if you don't get vaccinated, you don't care about your family. Uh, that's a that's a little heavy for me. Okay, I want to quickly go back to the vaccinated letters. We only got about a minute or so left here, yeah. uh, or the anti-vax letters, I should say. Um, these uh, again, as you said, uh, they were uh, had your office as the return address on them. They had lots of inf- misinformation in them. Um, yeah. Do you know anything more about them since they kind of came out? Do you do you have an idea at all of where they might have come from or who might have done this? No, no, uh, we don't at all. And, and they have been, you know, we, we forward them, uh, them to, you know, to the authorities. And, and uh, you know, like I say, at the end of the day, uh, I, I'm not sure. Someone obviously thought that if it came out of my office, it would validate it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and it was, it sounds like so far it was sent to health professionals. And I had a number of health professionals reach out to me and said, we, we know this isn't from you, but hey, it's from your office. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you might want to follow up in this. And that's what spurred on, you know, me making sure that I, I did make a statement that, you know, this uh, anti-vaccine and, and these were anti-vaccine uh, pamphlets that were in these that, that were in the envelope, um, you know, that they weren't from this office. And uh, I don't I, from the start, I've been a proponent of the vaccines. I was, you know, as soon as I was able to get mine, I got mine. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I am, um, you know, playing my part in this and i think that you know there's lots of availability i mean works works uh, mark the old marks work world in the total mall mm-hmm. we got the drive-through clinics happening this week across from canadian tire 
lots of opportunities uh, to to get vaccinated and and to help put this behind us. All right, Dan, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you for sticking around through all the uh, technical issues. I appreciate your time today. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my pleasure there, Dub, and you guys have a great day. All right, that's Dan Davies, the MLA for Peace River North. Well, that's our show for today. So again, thanks to Dan for stopping by and for Richard Bell, the curator of the Peace River, uh, pardon me, the North Peace, the Peace Gallery North uh, for joining us. Uh, We're going to take next Friday off. So we'll have a new Moose Talks episode for you in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, if you'd like to watch or listen to old episodes, you can download the podcast now at energeticcity.ca slash moose talks. That's the show for this week. Trey Lopashinsky is the producer of Moose Talks. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.